Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Good day once again, Kingdom Corner Podcast followers. The great Matt Geib is here with you again. It's been a little bit of a break for me as I reorganized my office the last two weeks and did some different things, but I'm coming again to you, and I've been reviewing what we've been going through since about the end of July, and we've had about 20 different lessons or episodes on the book of Ephesians. We're coming off three episodes of what our response, I felt like I needed to talk to what our response should be for uh, kingdom-minded saints in this climate that we're in currently with the political and COVID-19 situation. And we drew some lessons and parallels to today from uh, the life of Daniel and his three friends. So you could go back and look at that. However, since last August, we've been in Ephesians, which I have probably said here before has been in this season that we're going through, my comfort food. And we started out way back in July or August with three episodes on, or two episodes, on Paul's prayer to obliterate oppression, and that was from Ephesians 3, I believe. And we have been in Ephesians 3 through 5, we were getting ready to start Ephesians chapter 6, and then as I was reading in Ephesians again and just kind of meditating on it and doing my daily devotions on it, I, it just came to me, we cannot leave out the first couple chapters of Ephesians. So I wanted to go back there now and start again in Ephesians 1 and 2. There's some beautiful, beautiful, in-depth thoughts and gems that I think God would have us draw out from those chapters. There's some just wonderful thoughts that I wanted to begin to explore today and in the weeks ahead. We, we wouldn't be doing the book of Ephesians justice if we didn't go back uh, to the very first part of the book. There's such a—especially chapter one, as I've read it today and yesterday, such a powerful, power-packed chapter. So I want to go back and pick up, especially in chapters one and two, before we circle back to chapter six. Having said that, I just could not get away from this. It's just such a wonderful chapter. It, it, it contains my favorite verse, probably in, especially in the New Testament, but maybe in the whole Bible. I want to just read to you, just read chapter 1 in the New King James Version. Just listen to the words, let them sink in. Then we'll go back in and we'll start to break this down. Ephesians 1, New King James Version. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has raised us with him, who has blessed us, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, 
to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Verse 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven, which are on earth, in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Verse 13, in him you also trusted, after you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In him, or in whom, also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our innocent inheritance, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, unto the redemption of the purchased possession, to the praise of his glory. Verse 15, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Some versions say the eyes of your heart being enlightened. That you might know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in that which is to come. Verse 22, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all all in all. Ephesians 1, verses 1 through 23, the first chapter of Ephesians, such a beautiful, powerful portion of Scripture. Let's pray over that as we begin to dive into the beginnings of Ephesians. Father, I just pray for a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and enlightenment to be on the hearts and the minds of the Kingdom Corner podcast followers. As we dissect together your word as we break bread together in your presence, Lord, even across these internet waves that you would touch the people, that you would meet the needs, that you would come upon the people with blessing and power, revelation and enlightenment of their hope and calling in you. Lord, just just write this epistle on our hearts and make it a comfort to us in this time of trial and uncertainty. In Jesus' name, I pray, may it be done. Amen. 
Well, let's go back now. And there's so many things to just delve into. And I believe we're only going to make it through the first three verses today. And we're not in a hurry. There's so much we can unpack in this beautiful epistle that Paul has written. Some have said that this was the crowning glory of the New Testament, this epistle that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. Of course, some have said they didn't know who this epistle was to in particular, but I believe it was to those in Ephesus, and it was passed around, of course. Colossians is very similar to this. But in this chapter, I saw, as I looked at this, I saw actually, we actually saw, after we've read the chapter now, four breakdown thoughts, four thoughts that I've broken down as I meditated on this today. Verses 1 to 3 of chapter 1 are the setting and the purpose, and that's what we're really going to dissect today, verses 1 to 3. Verses 4 to 12 talks about how God qualifies us for a purpose. You know, He doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. So if you're called today, you are, you're here at the Kingdom Corner Podcast, God has called you, and He's going to qualify you. He qualifies us for a purpose, verses 4 to 12. Then the next section I see, there's four thoughts that I saw. He has given us an irrefutable promise of power, His Holy Spirit. He has given you and I an irrefutable promise of power, His Holy Spirit, verse 13 to 14. He doesn't leave us out there and qualify us, give us a purpose, give us a calling, and leave us helpless. He gives us the Holy Spirit, which is like, you know, providing a super vehicle for us. Like if you were called to be, go on a mission and travel, let's say for the government, and they would provide you a limousine, the most powerful bulletproof limousine to perform that mission. God has given us the Holy Spirit, an irrefutable promise of power, so we can do what he's qualified us for, so we can fulfill his purpose. I've also talked about to other people before. I teach, I've taught this class uh, this last year in other places that I see the book of Ephesians as a, a divine purpose or mission that he's called the saints of God to. We're being called to a, and we'll get into that, into a divine mission or purpose. You know, there's a divine mission if, like they said in the old You've seen probably the movie Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise, but there used to be an old TV series back in the 60s, and they'd talk about, you know, the guy would come upon a tape that was hidden somewhere, and he'd play the tape, and they'd say, now, John, let us know if you want to accept this mission, and this tape will self-destruct in 30 seconds. You know, there's a mission, there's a purpose, there's a calling that we're called to. That's what we're talking about. So the four breakdowns, a setting and a purpose— Verses 1 to 3, he qualifies us for a purpose, verses 4 to 12. Verses 13 and 14, he's given us the promise of the Holy Spirit, irrefutable promise of power. He's given us a vehicle that he empowers us with. Number four, I haven't touched on yet, a prayer for wisdom and revelation. And that's what I prayed about in the beginning here. Wisdom and revelation that we might know our purpose. And it's all based on Christ's the power from Christ's resurrection. That's the blast-off point. That's the empowering point. Verses 15 to 23. So let's go on. Those are the four breakdown thoughts that I see just in this chapter alone. 
let's go. And I want to read again for you. It's so powerful. The first three verses, which are what we said would be the setting and the purpose of Ephesians. And then we're going to really get into these verses here. Let's start at verse one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. No, he didn't. He did not have a manuscript or a writ or a sheepskin like I have on my wall that he graduated from Gamma Meals. That was his teacher's name, School of Theology. No, he was an apostle by Jesus Christ. When God, and we're going to get into that, he had an apostolic encounter when he was knocked down from that horse or donkey on the road to Damascus. And he had two or three days there where he went to, down to Jerusalem and he had to get his eyesight back where Jesus was speaking to him. He was an apostle by Jesus Christ. That's all. He didn't need some, you know, some board. He didn't need some sheepskin on his wall, some degree. He was called by Jesus Christ. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from our God and Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every, not a little bit, not some, but every spiritual blessing, where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus, just as he chose us, verse 4, in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. Verse 5, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So he adopted us for his good pleasure, you know, because he loved us, because And then it goes on to say, to the praise and glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. See, he's taken us in. He's called us for his good pleasure. And he's a good God. And he's nothing but good, it says in the Old Testament, to Israel. And we are spiritual Israel. We've been redeemed by Christ Jesus. And he's redeemed us for his good pleasure, for his good will to be given a purpose and a calling, and a mission, as it were. I want to go in now and just look really in-depth at a few words here in this first portion. It's so rich. It's so beautiful here. The setting and the purpose, verses 1 to 3. Let's look at this word, one of these words here. Let's look at this. Verse 3 again. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in. Let's pause on that word for a moment. In. The Greek word is just says it this way. N. N. And it's such a beautiful word. Just a simple little word. A fixed position. A place. A state. A place in time. A fixed position of rest. He's blessed you today in, in Christ Jesus. In a fixed position, he's he's blessed you in a certain place he's put you in, in this hour. It's talking about a state of time. I want you to get that. You're in the right place in the right time, right now, that God is calling you to. In a fixed position, a place, a state, a place in time, a chaos moment we hear people talk about today. Let's look at this, this little word in and see how it 
how beautiful it's 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 shown throughout Ephesians here. Of course, Ephesians 1 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in, who has put us in a fixed position, a place, a state of time. And it really means, in summary, a fixed position of rest. See, we're resting in Him. It's not in our own strength, is it not? That, we, that we're called to this mission, that we're called to this purpose. We don't have to do it on our own. Like I said, one of the four breakdowns is He's provided us power through the Holy Spirit, a vehicle of power. Anyway, let's go on. I'm getting excited here. Let's look at some of the other places where this word N is used in Ephesians. Ephesians 1.1, faithful saints in or in Christ. Ephesians 1.9, makes known his God's purpose, that is in Christ. All right? We live for his, verse 12 of the first chapter, we live for his or God's praise and glory in, we're in, we're in a fixed position of rest in Christ. Verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 20, there's power available. We've read throughout this, we read this whole chapter today, in a fixed position, a place of rest, in this time where? In Christ. Chapter 2, verse 6, we are seated in heavenly places. We're in a fixed position, a place of rest. And we're not up there with the king of kings, twiddling our thumbs, doing nothing. It's a picture metaphorically that we're over a situation that from that situation, we're giving direction. We're giving edicts. We're pronouncing judgments. We're doing the work of God. We're not striving. That's why we're seated, because we're over the whole situation. You are seated today in heavenly places. I want you to get that over the situation. From there, we're co-working with Christ to do the work of God, to do what he's called us to do, to fulfill his mission. Chapter 2, verse 7, we will know the riches of God's grace, where? In Christ, as we're fixed in him. Chapter 2, verse 10, we are his, I love this verse too, God's workmanship, his masterpiece, we haven't talked about that yet, but one one interpretation of that word workmanship is masterpiece. Some say even poetry. We're created where? As we're fixed and resting in Christ. Chapter 2, verse 13, we are brought near in, this is what's really qualified us, by the blood of Christ. That's what qualifies us, Okay. He's making the unworthy qualified today. You can't do it in your own works or strength. We are partakers of the promise in Christ. Chapter 3, verse 6. And chapter 4, verse 15, we grow up or we mature in or into Christ. Isn't that a beautiful word? We are fixed as in a position of rest in this place and time because we're in Christ. Let's go on. Let's read some more. This just verse three here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In the heavenly places. What's the setting? The setting is that we are in heavenly places. We are a spiritual being today, if you've been born from above, if you have the Spirit of God in you, you are a spiritual being 
walking around in a physical body. So many people get that wrong. You know, they don't even acknowledge the spiritual part, but we have been made alive in Christ. That's who we are now. And we are in heavenly places. Heavenly places is a key phrase, maybe the most, one of the most major phrases in this epistle, heavenly places, because that's the setting, my friend. You're not under the circumstances. You're seated in Christ over the circumstances. Heavenly places. Uh, Chapter 1, verse 3, we receive spiritual blessings where? In heavenly places. Chapter 1, verse 20, Christ sits at God's right hand in heavenly places. And then Chapter 2, verse 6 follows on with this thought. We also sit with Christ because we're co-laboring with him and reigning with him together in heavenly places. Chapter 3, verse 10, there are principalities and powers. Where are they? Sure, they work on this earth down here, but they come out of heavenly places. This is where we live. This is where we fight from. You're going to get into that in chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 12 says we carry on battles in heavenly places. We're talking about another realm, another dimension, the spiritual realm, the third heaven uh, Paul would talk about in Corinthians. That's what we're talking about. So we're in Christ Jesus, and we're in also coming from the setting is the heavenly realm, heavenly places. That's where you're at today. I want you to just put that in in your heart and mind that that's where you are. Yes, you walk on earth, but you're coming from heavenly places, right? Okay, let's go on, and we're going to talk about another thought here. Let's see. Actually, I want to read this passage to you before we go on, because we're talking about heavenly places. It's so powerful. Something came to me as I was reading it today, and we're talking about heavenly places. Chapter 3, verse 9, and this is one of the references to the heavenly places. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery or the mysterion. That was Paul's calling. We're going to get into that later. He was to open up the mystery of the gospel to the Gentiles. He was the Gentile apostle. That was what God encountered him with, part of what God encountered him with there on the road to Damascus. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mysterion or mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Christ Jesus. See, with Paul, with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and then the calling of Paul the apostle, God was opening these things up. Verse 10, to the church and to the world, what the mystery of the gospel was. Verse 10, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers, where are they? In heavenly places, all right? might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. See, you have to be know that you're coming from that heavenly realm. Know that you're in that heavenly place in Him, that fixed position we talked about of rest, to begin to see the manifold or the broad uh, wisdom of God to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, that's where it's at, that's where we get this revelation we might begin to know the manifold wisdom of God, verse 11, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, he's opening up the mystery of the gospel, what that is, more and more. And that's what I say 
when I talk about our mission. We're called to do the same thing as Paul because it's always unfolding. There's always more revelation of that to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers where, not on the earth, not in your everyday life, but in heavenly places, which we're connected to by God's Spirit, all right, might be made known by the church. See, we are the church. We are the sons and daughters of God. He wants to make that known to us, that we can then in turn make it known to others. That's what I'm doing today on this podcast. I'm making it known to you according to the eternal purpose. That was his eternal purpose, which began, which was purposed by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, okay? So I've said a lot there. So we're talking about it's in heavenly places. Now let's talk a bit about purpose. What was the purpose for the provision to all of us saints to provide for us all spiritual blessings? And I don't mean blessings like at Christmas time where you get all these. That's part of it. Like seeing kids by a Christmas tree opening up all these presents. Sure, that's part of it, but that's just a small part of it. We're going to benefit that way, but there's so much more. He's blessed us. Eulageo. He's eulageoed us. He's blessed us with not a few, not a little bit, but every spiritual blessing, right? Let's read that passage again. We've got to keep referring back to it. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, eulageoed us, with all, all-encompassing spiritual eulageos in heavenly places. You know, he's blessed us with those things, not just to sit down and, you know, just have a big party, but there's a purpose for that blessing, which we're going to start to get into. Okay, let's talk about that word, blessing, eulageo, or eulagia is the plural. It means a celebration. He's celebrating us. He's speaking well of us is another word. To celebrate, he's celebrating us with praise. To invoke a blessing, to consecrate us with a, by a solemn prayer. He's putting a blessing on our lives for a purpose. You know, not to just make our lives happy, but that's part of what this blessing means. That's a very definition of this word, to cause to prosper and make you happy and make you fulfilled and favor us. But there's more to it than that, as we're going to get into more and more as we open up Ephesians 1, Ephesians 2, that there's a purpose for this. And I want to read a parallel passage to this. And I want to read it. I'm getting close to the end of our um, episode today, end of our podcast. I want to read. This is such a beautiful portion. It's a cross-reference, I believe, to this Ephesians 1, 3 that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. I want to read from 2 Peter chapter 1, and I'm reading 2 Peter 1, 1 to 4, and I'm reading from the New Testament Expanded Translation by Kenneth Wiest. I just love the way he breaks this down. He's He was a um, Greek scholar. Simon Peter, a bond slave and an ambassador of Jesus Christ, to those who have been divinely allotted like precious faith with us by the equitable treatment of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, sanctifying grace to you and tranquilizing peace be multiplied in the sphere of and by the experiential knowledge which the believer has of God, even Jesus our Lord. Seeing that all things, here's these promises that I'm referring to in Ephesians, 
chapter 1, verse 3, every spiritual blessing. This is the parallel. This is the way Peter put it. God inspired him to say it this way, seeing that all things to us, his divine power has generously given. All things, not a few things, everything. He's generously given the things that pertain to life and godliness. That's the blessing, my friend, through experiential knowledge, which the believer has of the one who called us. We have experiential knowledge of God. We have relationship with God today. He has called us into salvation by means of his own glory and virtue by means of which glory and virtue there have been generously given to us. He's given these things to us, these blessings, precious and exceeding great promises that in order that through these you might become partakers of the divine godly nature, having escaped by flight the corruption which is in the world in the sphere of passionate cravings. See, he's given us these spiritual blessings. He's given us these this divine blessings and promises that we might partake of the divine nature. I could read on. I love this portion here too. And for this very cause, verses 5 to 9, having added on your part every intense effort, provide lavishly in your faith aforementioned virtue and in virtue experiential knowledge, experiential knowledge, self-control, and in self-control patience, and in patience godliness, and in the godliness of an affection for the brethren, and in the affection for the brethren, the divine love. For if these things are your natural and rightful possession, see, if you're receiving of these promises, if you're receiving of these blessings from God, what's going to happen? And in superabundance, they constitute that you are not idle or unfruitful. So you're going to be fruitful in the experiential knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he to whom these things are not present, in other words, if you don't have them, you're blind, short-sighted, and you've forgotten of the cleansing of your sin. See, he's given us these blessings. He's given us these divine promises and those fruits of the Spirit that I read about, self-control, patience, knowledge in God, that we can be a fruitful worker in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just to be, yes, bless me, and I get goosebumps, and I'm all happy. Yeah, that's part of it, but it's for far more than that, to be a fruitful worker in the kingdom of God. I'm going to read one more scripture that I want to leave you with when we're talking about he's blessed us. Zephaniah 3.17 because we're talking about celebrating. The, God is celebrating you today. You're his favorite son and daughter today. That's what I see in the opening three verses here in Ephesians. We read this again. I just can't emphasize enough. He's blessed you. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Where? In, in a fixed place or position of rest in Christ Jesus. Where? We come from that heavenly realm, the heavenly places, all right? And so in having said that and said that blessing also means celebration, let's look at this Old Testament verse, Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save and he will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. He's having a celebration over you today, my friend, my saint, 
my fellow saint, my fellow brother, my fellow sister, he's rejoicing and singing over your life because he's provided for you every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And we could say it this way or sing it this way. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty, is mighty. He will joy over thee with singing. He will joy over thee with singing. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty, is mighty is mighty. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee, he's mighty, he's mighty, he's mighty. Let's close out and read that verse again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed you with every spiritual blessing fixed in his rest in the heavenly realm, in the heavenly realm in Christ Jesus. He's chose you before the foundation of the world that you should be holy and without blame in love. He's predestined you to be adopted as sons and daughters by Jesus Christ for himself, according, like I just sang about, the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made you accepted in the beloved. Be blessed, my friends. We're going to come back again for another exciting episode. We're just getting started in this wonderful, as we go back to the beginning of Ephesians again. Thank you for joining us today in the Kingdom Corner Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on the Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Guide. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes, Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, significanceacademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of the Kingdom Corner.